0: Hey, welcome to Liquid Church Online. So glad you guys could join us this weekend. If you're streaming on Facebook Live or Church Online, big shout out! Glad you guys are with us during this crazy coronavirus outbreak. I know a lot of you are at home. Maybe you're on a laptop, or you're on your smartphone, or TV. We just want to thank you for worshiping with us and welcoming me into your home. Uh, my name is Pastor Tim, and uh, I have a word of hope for you today that I really think is going to encourage you. You know, during this moment of really unprecedented disruption and fear. It's a message that God downloaded in my spirit this week. It's from Psalm 91, and it's called God's Promise of Protection in a Time of Pandemic. You know, I was scheduled to preach on spiritual gifts this week, but I think you'll agree this is one of those moments where it's important to call an audible uh, because we live in uncertain times. Uh, Daily life has been kind of turned upside down by the coronavirus or COVID-19. Uh, the World Health Organization has now officially declared a global pandemic. And for most of us, life as we knew it looks radically different than even a week ago, right? I mean, our schools, our churches are closed. So are restaurants and malls and gyms. Uh, I went to the supermarket. People are panic buying. They're stocking up on food and hoarding uh, toilet paper. I went to the grocery store and all the shelves were empty, like bread, gone. Milk, gone. Pasta, gone. Now, there was plenty of salad, okay? Because nobody wants to eat salad when they feel stressed out. Everybody wants to gobble up carbs. But I was like, who knew, right? I mean, hand sanitizer now is valuable as oil. This health crisis has turned our world upside down and has rattled us. And that pandemic that's going right now really has caused a lot of economic fear. Um, the stock market, obviously, has been spiraling, it's a roller coaster ride every day. Um, businesses, some are closing. Job loss is looming. There's been cancellation of travel and sports and now social distancing. Uh, economists are actually saying recession is almost inevitable. So the world is very much on edge. Uh, here in the Northeast, the numbers of those by infected by the coronavirus are actually increasing. Uh, there's a potential of not having enough hospital beds and limited testing. Can the government keep up with demand? So we all know people now who are quarantined and it's kind of crazy, right? If somebody kind of sneezes or coughs, we wonder, hey, does she have it? And then we worry, well, I get sick. How about my loved ones and those who are vulnerable? I don't know if you've noticed, but when our everyday world gets turned upside down, it's not just germs that spread. So does fear and panic. Uh, Anxiety kind of amps up. And I think people are kind of wondering like, what's next? How are we going to survive this? So if you feel a little bit anxious or overwhelmed today, join the club. It's perfectly normal. But I want to encourage you because into this unprecedented moment of fear and uncertainty, God has this word of unshakable hope for you. God has given you a gift. It's right in the middle of your Bible. It's called Psalm 91. And it is a powerful promise of God's protection in a time of global pandemic. That's right. In the middle of the Bible, it's got entire chapters smack dab in the center of scripture that tells you how God can protect you and your family from contagious plague and deadly pestilence. Does that sound relevant to you? And even more important, how faith in Christ can overcome fear of coronavirus. I want to show you this treasure in God's word and how you can declare and pray this promise of protection in Psalm 91 over yourself and your family. Because, you know, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear but of what church of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. Type amen. If you agree, you know, in some ways, everything in our world has changed, but in another way, nothing has changed. God has not changed. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. So we may not know the future, but we do know the one who holds the future in his hand. So don't be afraid guys. God's got this and Psalm 91 says that you can actually live under the protection and promises and the presence of God during a time of pandemic. I really feel like this is going to be a B12 booster shot of faith for anybody infected by fear. So let's do this. Wherever you're watching, I want you to stand up because we're going to read God's word out loud. Those at home, go ahead. I want you to stand up where you are. In the Old Testament, they used to stand whenever scripture was read just as a way of honoring God. So let's stand up to to fear with faith in christ okay we have thousands of people to stand up right now and we're going to declare psalm 91 with a spirit of faith here we go big loud voice verse one says whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty i will say of the lord he is my refuge and my fortress he's my god in whom i trust surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Verse four, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. Amen. God's word. Sit down. Father, thank you right now. For this powerful promise of your protection in a time of need. God, it's true. We are living in dangerous times. But God, right now, we are standing on your word and safe the knowledge that we can live secure, protected by your presence, no matter what happens. Lord, while the rest of the world is wrestling with fear and panic, we are your children through faith in Christ. And so we are choosing faith and peace because we know you've got this. So God, would you reveal your great love to your people? Jesus by your holy spirit help us absorb this word right now deep in our soul so we can live with confidence god in these uncertain days in Jesus name everybody said amen all right i want you to make yourself comfortable on your couch your kitchen table wherever you're watching i'm going to teach you a little bit cuz i believe god inspired this psalm 91 for such a time as this because if you think about it psalm 91 verse 1 is really god's 911 Right, nine one one is a number we all know in America. We call nine one one in case of an emergency. Nine one one is a date that forever changed our worlds in a lot of ways. We're a nine one one generation, and I think God divinely inspired Psalm ninety one one for a time of emergency because this is a national emergency. So this is an ancient word for modern times. This is actually an ancient Hebrew psalm, most likely written by Moses. And it ranks right up there with Psalm 23, which everybody knows. But it's a powerful prayer for God's comfort and protection in a time of danger. Now, you just heard as we read it, it specifically mentions a deadly pestilence that kills thousands of people. It actually talks about terrorism, plague, unexpected death. But in the middle of all this chaos, this psalmist declares this rock-solid hope of unshakable trust in God's divine protection for his people who are living in difficult, dangerous times. So I want to unpack this verse by verse. Verse one says this, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Now the Hebrew word for dwell here is yashab, and it means to sit down or to settle yourself down. It's make yourself at home and be still. Isn't it nice to be still actually once in a while? There's a little bit of us that's like, man, stop the running, be still. The first thing God tells us to do in a moment of crisis is to actually rest. Make yourself at home in the presence of God. Dwell in the shelter of the Most High. There are two different names here for God in verse 1. I'm going to teach you a little Hebrew here. The first one for the Most High is El Yon. In Hebrew, El means God and Yon means Most High. It means God is not just the creator of the universe, but he is the sole owner and has the right to do anything he wants with whomever or whatever he wants. He is the most high God. In other words, he's higher than any president. He's higher than any prime minister. He is sovereign over nations and leaders and economy. He owns all of it and he even owns you. You know, the Bible says you are not your own. You are bought with a price by El Yon, the most high God. The second name here for the Almighty is El Shaddai. And it means almighty. Not just mighty, but almighty. There is none stronger. There's none more powerful. You serve a God of strength and grace. So understand right now, as you sit there, you are sitting in the shelter of El Yon. You are resting in the shadow of El Shaddai. You know what that means? It means while this world spins out of control, you can actually relax. You can rest. You can sit down and make yourself at home like a little child in her daddy's lap held close in the strong arms of her Abba. This is a picture of intimacy. It's closeness with God. It's fatherly protection. Notice verse one says, whoever dwells, again, makes themselves at home in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty. Now think about a shadow because in the Bible, a shadow almost always means protection. Moses was writing this in a dry and arid desert. So getting under a shadow to escape the blazing sun often meant the difference between life and death. Those of you who are bald, you understand this, right? Okay, when you go out, when you walk in somebody's shadow, the answer is only when you're right up next to them. So to be in God's shadow means you are drawing close to El Shaddai. It's sitting down in the shadow of the Almighty. You are sitting under his protection. It's like the photo of this lion cub with its mama behind him. Okay, take a look at that. Isn't that awesome? How many of you know you don't have anything to fear in front of you when you know who's behind you? That's you. That's El Shaddai. You are protected by the Lion of Judah who's watching over anything that threatens you. Verse 2 says, I'll say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my what? My fortress, my God in whom I trust. Notice Moses says, I will say, that's why I actually had you read the Psalm out loud. This is a prayer of declaration. It's actually written to be said out loud. I declare into the chaos and confusion of this moment, I declare God is my refuge and my fortress in whom I trust. Now it's kind of cool because this is actually Hebrew poetry and it's full of all these colorful word pictures and each one means something special. You see that word refuge there refuge is like a small shelter. In the Midwest, if you've ever been seen homes there, they'll have like a tornado cellar that a family can run and hide in when a storm comes over. In other words, you take refuge and then it passes over you. But Moses says, when a small storm comes, God is my refuge. But then he says, he is also my fortress. And a fortress is huge. The picture is of a castle, of a military stronghold. A fortress is protection against not small stuff, but large-scale attacks. Look at these photo, man. Nothing's going to penetrate those walls. So you know what God's saying to you? He's saying, you know what? Big or small, doesn't matter the size of your problem. I am your refuge and your fortress. I protect you from the small stuff as well as the major attacks. He's my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I what? Trust. Now, guys, this coronavirus crisis... I think it's been revealing. I think it's showed a lot of us where people have put their trust, right? If you put your trust in the economy or the markets, man, you're in the, you're in the fetal position right now. You put your trust in the government, little shaky response. So can I ask, in a moment of crisis like this, who do you trust? Who do you trust? You know, this week, I read about a guy in Tennessee who hoarded over 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer and antibacterial wipes, okay? He was stockpiling it in his garage, okay? It's kind of like a doomsday prepper. He's getting ready for the zombie apocalypse. And, you know, I looked at this and you kind of laugh, but I think some believers are like that, you know? Like we say, oh, I trust in God, but I also got me a gas max and six months supply of ammo. (laughs) Guys, that's not trust. That's fear, that's panic. See, when crisis comes, We tend to look at ourselves and think, I got to do everything I can to look out for myself because who else can I trust? By the way, time out. That guy with the 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer, he is being prosecuted for price gouging. He tried to sell them for 50 bucks a pop on Amazon, but I read the good news is he agreed to donate his supplies to a church in order to avoid prosecution. So God wins, yay. Okay, what's my point? Who do you trust in moments like these? When your world is turned upside down and everybody's freaking out, people are scared of getting sick, the future is uncertain, the rubber meets the road of your faith. Guys, trust means that you believe God is good even when your situation is not. Trust means you have confidence in his character even when your situation is bad. You still believe God is good. He's good all the time. Amen? Make some noise. Type it in there. God's good. He's good all the time. So understand as believers, we don't trust in our own wisdom, our own abilities. We trust in Jesus Christ. We trust Jesus for divine health, for protection, to shield us from every virus, terror, fear, disease, or pandemic. He says, he's my refuge, my fortress, my God. Notice possessive, personal, mine, in whom I trust. You got to get this in your soul, friends. You got to reach out with a hand of faith and make it yours. You got to believe that your God is for you in this moment that God has plans to bless you and prosper you, to give you hope and a future. You know, the Bible actually says that God is working all things together for the good of those who love him. In other words, he can even take a global pandemic and bend it for your good in his glory, amen? Guys, maybe this is the catalyst of the great awakening because people are open, we've been humbled. We realize we need the hand of God in our lives. Now, this is where it's gonna get very personal because in verse three, God makes a specific promise to his people. He says, surely God will save you from the fowler's snare and the deadly pestilence. Now, the Bible says the devil is a fowler. A fowler is just somebody who traps birds or clips its wings. In other words, the devil lays out all sorts of traps meant to kind of trip us up and keep us in a cage of fear. That's his job. The Bible says Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So you have to understand this coronavirus is not caused by God. Satan still rules over this broken world, and he is the author of sin, death, and disease. That's what the word pestilence here means. Pestilence literally defined means a deadly disease or contagious virus that spreads through entire communities. Does that sound familiar? Is the Bible relevant to modern times? Guys, do you know why this pestilence is actually called the coronavirus? Let me show you a picture. It's because when scientists first looked at the virus under a microscope, notice it has these tiny little spikes all over it and they said it looks like a crown and the word corona is actually latin or spanish for crown and so they called it the coronavirus it's the virus with the crown like it rules over everything and that's what it seems like right now right like COVID 19 is ruling the world this pestilence is hijacking headlines It's dominating our discussions. It's disrupting daily life. Friends, I came here to tell you, I want to come through your screen and tell you and declare to you that make no mistake, Jesus Christ is the true king, not coronavirus. Make some noise if you believe it. There is no plague. There's no pandemic. There's no disease. There's not even death itself that can overrule the almighty sovereign king of the universe. Jesus Christ is king of kings. He's Lord of lords. And there's no other name under heaven by which people are saved. You got to understand, you got to get this in your spirit. Jesus Christ will not share his crown with anybody and certainly not some virus. In fact, I got a new acronym for COVID-19. I'm like, in light of Psalm 91, I declare that COVID now stands for Christ over virus, illness, and disease. Type amen if you believe it. Christ rules over every virus, illness, and disease. So take off that crown and you put it on Jesus. Don't let a pandemic rule your life with worry, fear, and panic. This is a moment, guys, to put King Jesus on the throne of your heart. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart through faith. Because Christ is king, not corona. Amen? Surely he'll save you from the fouler snare and from the deadly pestilence. Again, you got to declare it, guys. You got to actually say in your soul, you got to say, you know what? Today... Today, I trade in my fear of corona for faith in Christ. Because God's on his throne. He's sovereign. It means he's in control. And Christ has you and your family safe in the palm of his hand. So no fear. I want you to light up the chat if you agree. You got to claim this promise for yourself. Take it with a hand of faith. Put it in your soul. Speak this psalm out loud over your family. It's powerful. Verse 4 says, he will cover you with his feathers. I love this under his wings, you will find refuge. You know, this is a beautiful picture of a mother hen spreading her wings to protect her chicks from danger nearby. See, God isn't just strong. He's also tender. Have you ever seen a mother hen spread her wings over her chicks? If you've ever visited a farm, maybe you've seen something like this. Take a look. I love this. How this mama hen, take a look and talk about the hen house. She's like a whole chicken condominium. How many can you count here underneath her feathers? I see One, two, look at this. One, two, there's three, four, five. Here's a six. Get on in there. It's it's like a chicken condominium, isn't it? It's amazing. I love that. I love this verse. It says, God will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find what? Refuge. You know, guys, we talk about the father heart of God, but this is the mother heart of God. Do you know that? God has a very tender heart towards his children when they're in trouble. In Luke 13, Jesus used this to describe his love for Israel. Jesus said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. That's the heart of God. It's this tender image of of God's care and protection, that Jesus was saying, I'm willing to lay down my life to save all of you who belong to me, even though you're unwilling. You know, it reminds me of a story. You may have heard about the forest fire that blazed through the Yellowstone National Park. Fire took 10 days to put out, very vicious fire. And afterwards, a group of firefighters were actually walking through the forest, just making sure all of the hot spots had been extinguished. And as they began walking through the forest and sifting through the ashes, one firefighter found a mother bird who was literally petrified like this, just charred to death at the base of a tree. But her wings were spread open. And it was eerie to see this this, this bird frozen in ash. And so he kind of knocked it over with his foot. And when he did, five baby chicks scrambled out underneath their dead mother's wings. Now, I want you to think about that because you and I both know that mother bird could have flown to safety. She was aware of the coming danger, but instead she gathered her babies under her wings. And when the fire scorched her body, that mother wouldn't budge. Her babies found refuge under the cover of her wings. They survived. She died so her children could live. Guys, that is a picture of God's great love for you. Out of extraordinary love and compassion and grace, Jesus Christ has spread his wings out on a cross to cover you. You know, out of great love, when the fire of God's judgment fell from heaven, Jesus took it all on himself so that you could be saved and forgiven. In other words, you are now covered by the blood of Jesus. And when the plague comes, it means you are passed over. Remember who wrote this psalm? Who did I tell you wrote it? Probably Moses, who was very familiar with plague and pestilence. When he led the Israelites out of Egypt... God told his people to put the blood of a lamb on the door frames of their home. And God said this, the blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's where you get Passover from. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. And sure enough, when that plague came, it struck down every firstborn child in the families without the blood covering it. But the families who had the blood above their doorposts, they were passed over. They were saved. Guys, that is a picture of the redeeming power of the blood of Jesus Christ that repels death and it repels disease. There is power in the blood of Jesus. Amen? Type it if you believe it. There's power in the blood. There's power against plague. There's power against pestilence. There's power against pandemic. And as we wait... For the coronavirus to pass over our country, I'm just going to declare and decree, you are safe, you are sheltered, you are covered by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Receive it. Your family's covered. Your loved ones are covered. Your home is covered. In Jesus' name, I just declare that. Make some noise if you receive that, church. You got to get this into your spirit. You got to ingest Psalm 91 because it is God's protection plan against pandemics. I like that. God's protection plan against pandemics. Now, you might be an insurance person like, how comprehensive is his protection plan? I'm glad you asked. Look at verses five and seven. It says, you will not fear the terror of what? Night, nor the arrow that flies by day. In other words, it says night or day, you are protected 24 seven around the clock. In other words, even when you're asleep, God's awake and he's watching over you. So you don't have to toss and turn at night. You don't have to lie awake worrying. You know why? Because God's got the night shift. (laughs) Poke somebody on your couch and say, God's got the night shift. He protects his flock around the clock. It says, you will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor, get ready, the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Now, this is interesting. It says, I don't want you to fear the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. What does that mean in the darkness? In other words, it's undetected. You can't see the virus. It's somewhere out there. Let's be honest. It can feel like it's stalking you. Doctors may have not diagnosed it. There's no vaccine yet. But even though it's in the darkness, the child of Yan shall not Fear because you can claim this promise, I stand on the blood of Jesus and I will not be afraid of that disease that stalks in the darkness. You got to declare your faith. Here's the truth, guys. Listen to me, listen to me. We possess whatever we confess. In other words, you've got to declare and confess this promise out loud. Say Psalm 91 over your children because you got to cast out every fear and anchor your heart in the love of God. The Bible says perfect love drives out fear. It Just kind of casts it out. It's like, get out of here. In other words, when fear comes knocking, you let God answer the door. This battleground, guys, for this crisis is not just physical. It is mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual too. And I want to encourage you, you've got to monitor your mental diet. Be careful what you watch. Are you compulsively watching the news 24-7? Checking social media? Guys, it is not healthy. There's a lot of fear mongering everywhere you turn right now, and you cannot afford to let fear hijack your mind or your heart. So I'm going to encourage you as your pastor, limit your news intake. Don't fill your mind with worst case scenarios. Watch the news so you understand precautions and then take common sense precautions. Wash your hands. Socially distance. Work from home. Use common sense. God gave you a brain. Use it. If you're not feeling well, call your doctor. But do everything the professionals tell you. But listen to me, just do it without fear. Someone type in no fear. No fear. Guys, we're going to get through this. In fact, I think the solution to this pandemic is two things it's prayer and it's Purell. <laughs> you know? Yeah, wash your hands, but then you got to fold them in prayer. Understand that liquid. We believe in both miracles and medicine. We believe God uses both hand in hand to bring healing and hope. So listen to the healthcare professionals, but you pray for them too. Because this is not just about your peace of mind, you have to stay strong for others. I'm curious, just in the chat, how many of you have someone in your life over 70 years old? Anybody 70 years old? Okay, I do. I have a few of them. Guys, we need to care for our seniors during this time. Check in on them. Call them up. Read Psalm 91 to them over the phone. Write them a note. Ask them if they need groceries. Have them delivered. Because you know what? Loneliness is an epidemic too. Guys, I believe every crisis is an opportunity to put the love of Christ in action. Wouldn't it be awesome I mean, if every small group adopted a senior, let's care for our seniors. Let's pray for our healthcare workers. In our church, we have dozens and dozens of doctors and nurses and first responders and healthcare professionals. who are Guys, these guys are working round the clock to contain the virus. So I want you to pray Psalm 91 protection over them. Pray for God's strength and stamina as they care for the sick and minister to the hurting. And maybe you need prayer. Maybe you feel overwhelmed. Can I just say, let us pray for you right now. Just type in your prayer request right now so that one of our pastors can actually pray for you. They're online. You know, this past week, our church came together online for live prayer on Facebook Live at seven o'clock on Wednesday. It was an amazing moment. All our people together just kind of praying to actually end the pandemic. And we had a wonderful time, you know, connecting, just kind of sharing community and praying for each other's requests. Guys, this is a reminder The church of Jesus has never been about buildings, amen? The church has always been about rallying people together, following Jesus and loving our neighbors in his name. So I wanna encourage you, come pray online with us this week. We're gonna do it again this Wednesday at seven o'clock. Guys, just because we can't meet in person right now doesn't mean we can't be the church. We're gonna pray to end this pandemic. Now I wanna close with verse seven. And this is, I think, my favorite verse. This is, this is just such power in this. Listen to this. It says, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. Here's the promise. Let's say it out loud. But it will not come near you. Guys, in this pandemic, we've been hearing some scary numbers. 10,000 testing positive. A thousand critically ill. They actually say the number of infections doubles every six days. But Psalm 91 promises, a thousand may fall at your side. That's your left. 10,000 at your right. So it's 360 degree, 24 seven protection. It will not come near you. Guys, this little Psalm is power packed with so many promises of God so that you can stand your ground when trouble comes and when fear rears its ugly head. You know, I'll close with a story. I remember when I was 10 years old, there was a dog in our neighborhood, big German shepherd named Morgan. Um, big, uh, you know, vicious bark. Like whenever you walked by its house, he like went berserk. Like, whoa, 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 you know, just, just you know, and you're 10 years old, right? You know, this black muzzle, these white teeth. ah! <laughs> and every kid in the neighborhood was scared of Morgan. But the problem was this, we would have to walk by Morgan's house when we went to the community pool in the summer. And whenever I walked by Morgan's house, I said, Lord, please don't let that dog be outside (laughs) because rumor had it, he had attacked some kid and bit him up pretty bad. But my older brother said to me, said, Tim, if you see Morgan and he's in the backyard on the deck, don't be afraid. He said, Tim, if you see that dog, you stand your ground and you stare that dog down. And I was like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was 10 years old. I want to be macho, but inside I was still scared. And so sure enough, uh, my friend Harry and I were walking home from the pool one day. And as we went by Morgan's house, we hear the growl, you know, this low grrr. And we look up and there he is. And he's sitting on the deck and he's got his ears up. This German shepherd with his hackles up and his lip is starting to go off a little bit like and guys, I'll just be honest, I froze. I just went, I was so afraid. And I listened to what my brother was saying. I heard him saying, Tim, stand your ground. Stare that dog down. But I was frozen with fear. And my buddy, he freaked. He actually took off running. And the moment he started running, so did Morgan. (laughs) You know this, right? That dog took off like a shot out of a gun. And he's coming at me. And I am just frozen with fear. And here comes this German shepherd charging straight at me, burying his teeth, barking. At the last minute, he actually lunged. And all of a sudden, whoop! Right before he reached me, he was stopped in his tracks. Do you know why? Because he was on a chain. (laughs) I didn't know it, but he was actually chained to the deck. My brother knew it. He didn't tell me, (laughs) but that dog was chained. How many of you know that God has got the devil on a chain? In other words, he can only go so far. And so when Satan runs up at you and that fear rises up, listen to me in Jesus, you stand your ground and you stare that dog down. In the name of Jesus, you stand on this promise of Psalm 91. A thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Why? Because you are a child of El Shaddai, the most high God. You are under the promise, under the protection, in the presence of the Lord God Almighty, and you're safe in the shadow of his wings. Friends, in Jesus Christ, you are covered. You are protected. So no fear, have faith. Just receive that. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Guys, what you have in Christ, you don't even know the power you have. Because of Jesus, we don't fear the devil. We don't fear demons, death, or disease. Because of the blood, you're covered. You are promised God's presence and his peace. But understand something here, guys. You can't claim this promise of protection without first drawing close to God. It all comes back to intimacy with the Lord. If you say, the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, here's the promise, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. See, guys, if you want God's perfect peace in a time of trouble, you got to dwell in his presence. You got to draw close to Christ in prayer. So let me be very clear. As you pray through this psalm this week, I just want to let you know, Declaring Psalm 91 isn't some incantation. It's not this magic chant that grants you immunity. It's not like, say say it seven times and twirl around. Now you're immune to danger. No, 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 no. Listen carefully. Every Christian in this world will have trouble. In fact, the Bible promises it. Followers of Jesus still have hardship. They lose jobs. We get a diagnosis we didn't want. But you know what happens in the middle of it? God says, I will never leave you or forsake you and your eternal security is forever safe in the hand of Jesus Christ. So let me shelter you under my wings, and we will get through this together. Guys, even when you have faith in Christ, even the last thing in life, death, is never the worst thing, (laughs) because the only thing that can't be taken from you is eternal life. Amen? So even if you get exposed, no fear. God has declared, and he has decreed. If you say it, The Lord is my refuge and you make it the most higher dwelling. Let's declare this out loud together. Come on, where you are, just say it with me. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. Type amen if you receive it, guys. Take it into your soul, into your home and your family. And here's your homework. I'm giving you homework, man. For the rest of this quarantine, when you're stuck at home, I don't know what it's going to be. Two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, I don't know. I want you to read Psalm 91 every day. I want you to read it first thing in the morning. I want you to read it out loud as a family. Just declare it out loud in your house. Print it out on a piece of paper and tape it to the fridge. Mark it up and commit it to memory. Seriously, I'm going to challenge you. See if you and your kids can memorize Psalm 91 during your quarantine at home. Because you know what? Your kids are going to need this too, guys. Don't just binge watch Netflix in the news. That's how you fill your soul with fear. You got to feed your spirit with faith. So read Psalm 91 every day, declare it over the people you love. And let me tell you something, I'm gonna make you a promise. By the end of this quarantine, I guarantee you'll be changed. You're gonna be shocked how the peace of God will permeate your home. There'll be this confidence and this calmness, a stability and a serenity. It's the peace of God ruling over your heart, your mind and your emotions like a century because you are covered. So run to Jesus, guys. He is your refuge, your shelter your ever-present help in a time of trouble. Liquid Church, our world may panic, but you can have God's peace, amen? Let's raise our hands for prayer together. Come on, just receive this right now at home. Lord Jesus, today, I declare, we declare that you are God Almighty. You have all the power, God, and you have defeated death and disease through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And because of that truth, God, we right now put our trust in you alone for this pandemic. I ask for the blood of Jesus to protect our families, to protect our children, our seniors. Cover our church, Jesus, all those we love. In fact, church, let's say this out loud. Just repeat this wherever you are. Repeat it with me out loud. Today, I traded my fear for faith in Christ. Father God, I pray right now, send an anointing, Father, over your people, into their hearts. Let them know that you've got this. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Hey. Stay strong, stay healthy. I'll see you online for prayer this Wednesday.